Welcome to My Bible Study, a verse-by-verse devotional study through the Bible with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. In this unique series, Pastor Bob takes you through the Bible just a few verses at a time. No preaching, just a simple Bible reading with examples and explanations of the meaning behind the Scriptures. My Bible Study will take you from Genesis chapter 1 all the way through the book of Revelation. Now, here is Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Today, we'll begin looking at day five of creation, and we'll begin here in verse number 20 of Genesis chapter 1. This is the formation of the birds and the of the air and the fish of the sea. So let's read this together in verse number 20. And God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that has life. And uh, that's a, a spirit of life is what he's talking about here. A spirit of life that has its own mind, its own will, its own emotions. Now, some people say, well, animals don't have a will. They just have their nature. You haven't seen my dogs, have you? <laughs> you tell them, come here, and if it's doing something else and it doesn't want to, they, you know, you can exert your will over it by going to pick it up and bringing it over here. But if these animals have a, a mind and will of their own, okay, uh, they're going to do what they want. Now, you can train them to obey you, okay? But you're looking at what you're looking at, basically, though, is a created being that has life within itself. That's that's what this means here. That has life within itself. Birds that may fly above the earth and the open firmament of heaven. And God created great whales and every living creature that moves, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their own kind. Every winged fowl after its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the waters and the sea, let fowl multiply in the earth, and the evening and the morning were the fifth day. Hallelujah. On the fifth day of creation week, the earth was now ready to support animal life. God had made water, he made the soil, he made the air, he made the plants and the fruits for food. Notice how God just doesn't say, day one, light be. Day two, man, B. He didn't do that. Why? Where was the man going to end up? Stuck down in this formless void? With total chaos ready? No provisions at all? All right, boy. I done created you. You're on your own. Let's see how, how well you do. No, God did not do that. God did not even make animals to roam the earth until day six. Okay? Why? Because the supply had to be for them in place. I started getting off on that, and let me back that track up there. The same reason God did not create man until after this is because he wanted everything in place for his man. If he would have said, let's form man on day two when the sea covered everything and he was starting to suffer, man would have drowned, right? So, he needs everything in place for his man. That's the total purpose of getting to creation, is to create a living, breathing human being that has the ability to make choices. Good or bad, it has to be their choice. And that's the purpose of all of creation. That's why we're here. Okay. Now, we're talking about, here in day five, everything being created 
all the sea life, all the animal life, all the birds, everything else. Okay. Matter of fact, did you know that the majority of fish do not eat each other? Only a small percentage of them do. Most eat underwater plant material like, you know, seaweed and algae or, you know, rock slime and stuff like that. Drifting tiny plants called plankton. Did you understand that? That's what most fish eat. And, you know, suddenly at God's command, boom, there were all sorts of flying creatures, you know, birds like parrots and pigeons and chickens and, you know, all of that. Flying insects like butterflies and bees and bugs. And each one of these has a purpose in the entire ecosystem, right? People talking about the 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 drop-off and the, the number of bees that are in existence right now because the bees are required for pollination. That's what helps grow crops and things like that. So all of this, you know, bees, bugs, Oh, I, I don't understand why God has bugs. Did you know that birds eat sometimes their own body weight on a daily basis of nothing but bugs? Right? So the birds had to have something to eat. That's why Jesus said, you know, look at the birds of the air. God provides food for them. What makes you think he won't provide food for you? So everything in God's creation has an order to it. Right? I mean, even bats, bats, which are actually mammals, right? Uh, you know, they eat the mosquitoes and different things like that. Uh, he, at this point, he even created flying dinosaurs. Figure that one out, right? What a marvelous sight that might have been. Oh, man, when God spoke it and it was just there in the bright, big, beautiful sky. Amen. And can you imagine what it sounded like? There's nothing. I mean, you might have the, the, the sea, you know, the waves up on the beach, but all of a sudden, boom, all the birds of the air are there, and they started singing out their praises to God. Oh, praise the Lord. Can you imagine what that sounded like? Oh, amen. Now, God made these creatures. All the flying animals, if you want to call it that, birds and all that, they don't have the same kind of wings either. Think about that. Not only did he create different species, but they all use different methods of flying. I mean, the flapping of the wings is constant, but how they do it is different. Birds' wings are made out of feathers, right? Insect wings are out of some kind of membranes or a thick scale. Bat's wings, think about the bat. That's just skin stretched over long arm and hand bones. Amen. And even feathers are all different. Feathers are remarkable features. I mean, when a bird raises its wing, the feathers move apart to let air through and reduce the, the, the resistance. But on the downstroke, when, the, the, when they're bringing their arms down to, to generate lift, the feathers close completely together and it improves their lift. And a bird can also vary the shape of its wings and move more efficiently for takeoff and, and flapping and gliding and landing. Matter of fact, <laughs> okay, Lord. That's how Orville and Wilbur Wright were able to create the first flying airplane. 
they traveled from Ohio. Now, at the at the time in in history when this was all taking place, there were several people trying to create an airplane, trying to be the first one for powered flight. But they kept crashing. Some of them even dying or becoming seriously injured. Orville and Wilbur Wright traveled from Ohio to North Carolina and spent time on the beaches just sitting there studying seagulls. They watched how these seagulls could hover in the air. They took note. They drew pictures. They noticed how their wings changed shape as they were hovering and, and landing and as they are taking off. They studied these changes in their wing shapes. They, they described them and drew pictures of it as they came, the difference between going up into flight and coming in for a landing. Over time, they realized that their wings would change shape depending on the mode of flight the seagull required. They theorized that they would need to have the ability to change the shape of the wing on their flying craft if they were going to be successful in actually flying a motorized, uh, powered flight. Nobody else had realized that. So when they incorporated a way to extend the shape of their wing on takeoff, which was by, call it, they call it now flaps, uh, it would allow for extra lift. But they couldn't leave it like that. Okay, They, they had to be able to transition into level flight by retracting the flaps once the aircraft was born and then extending the flaps again on landing. Why? Okay, well, the reason I'm talking about this and I'm qualified to talk about this, for those that did not know, I have my pilot's license and I've, been, I've studied aerodynamics and lift and all that and as part of the licensing process. That's why I can talk about this. The slower the airplane is flying, airspeed is very critical. It's something that is monitored by every pilot as you're coming in for landing or you're getting ready to take off. When you get ready to take off, you just don't gun the engine and, and off you go. If you notice, the planes will travel on the ground first, right? What they're doing is generating airspeed. Once the aircraft gets to or and above a certain airspeed, then they'll go ahead and start lifting the nose up. Okay, airspeed's critical. When it comes in for a landing, the pilots are watching that airspeed indicator because they have to keep it above a certain level. That's called the stall speed. So not enough lift, you're not going to get off the ground. If you're coming in for a landing and your airspeed's too slow, you're not generating enough lift, and the plane crashes into the ground. That was the problem most designers were encountering in Orville and Wilbur's day. But if you extend the length of the wing or well, what we'd actually call the width, the width of the, the wing and change the angle of the wing, that generates extra lift. But the wing cannot remain in that position or the plane will continuously try and climb. And as it continues to try and climb, gravity is working on it and the uh, airplane will end up going too slow and when that happens, it reaches its stall speed and just spins into the ground and crashes as well. So by watching how God created the birds for flight and how the birds were able to manipulate the shape of their wings depending on what it was trying to do, they were able to invent airplanes that operate today. 
as we use the same principles that Orville and Wilbur learned and, and, and understood and documented and then incorporated into their first play and then made it even better, we use the same principles today. Amen. God knew this back in day five of creation. Hallelujah. It took us 6,000 years to figure it out. Praise God we did. But do you see how all of creation is working together? You know, people who don't believe in a creator, they have no explanation for the remarkable design features of feathers. They can't explain it. You know, most of them claim that a reptile scales changed into feathers over millennia time, but there's no fossil record showing a transition from scale to feather. That's never been found. God was pleased when he looked at what he created on day five. Not only did he say it was good, but we also see here in verse 22 that he blessed it, right? And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the waters and the seas, and let fowl multiply on the earth, right? He blessed the fish. He blessed the birds. He commanded them to reproduce each to make baby animals just like itself after their own kind, praise the Lord. Although God does not love animals in the same way he loves people, he still notices when a sparrow falls to the ground, right? Matthew 10, verse 29, because it's part of his creation. He cares for them. How much more does God care for you and me? Hallelujah. You know, the Bible tells us that God made each one of these animals after its kind. The, those people who don't believe that God created anything and say instead that, well, one kind of animal evolved into another kind of animal all by itself. You know, we talked about, you know, some animal that was living on land decided it was going to live in the sea and eat seaweed. You know, and some people say, well, if you look at uh, a hippopotamus, that's just a big cow that decided it wanted to live in the water. Really? How, how stupid do you have to be? Right? There's no evidence that one kind of animal ever changed into a different kind. You know, the same theory about human beings. Well, we're just apes that evolved into what we are today. Still no proof. 6,000 years. You'd think there'd be a fossil somewhere. They call it the missing link. Well, we still haven't found the missing link. Hello. Probably because there is no missing link. Anyway. There's no evidence at all that evolution ever took place. In the beginning, there was no evolutionary struggle for existence. With death and disease occurring you know, over millions of years. No, there's none of that. Fish did not arise or come into being from a worm in some ancient pond. Birds did not come from dinosaurs. The Bible says God created all of the birds before he created any of the land animals. So it's not a land animal decided, you know, I need to get us escape danger. I, I need to figure out some way of turning my arms into, into wings. No not what happened, right? If animals made themselves from other animals over long periods of time, 
then you, we should be able to find millions and millions and millions and millions of fossils of quote-unquote halfway animals. But we don't. There are none. There's no evidence that shows half a reptile, half a bird, or half a cow and half a dog, or anything like that. The theory of evolution says that, well, sea life came first, then land plants, then land animals, then birds. Thank you for joining Pastor Bob as he leads you verse by verse through the Bible in this series called My Bible Study. We pray this study will bring you closer to God and reveal His Word and His will for you through the Scriptures. We would consider it an honor and a blessing if you would support this outreach with your financial offerings. We have partnered with Patreon to offer you unique gifts and benefits for various levels of giving. Please visit our page on Patreon by going to patreon.com forward slash my Bible study podcast, all one word. That link again is patreon.com forward slash my Bible study podcast, all one word. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do.